Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode 125. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me, as always, my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella. Professor. We got a lot to talk about today. So, yeah, we do. We let, let's let's jump right into it. Yeah. I'm not going to lollygag. It, it, it's 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 a full agenda today. We've got two new two two new episodes to review, and we have a topic of the week that I know you and I are both passionate about. So let's jump into it. So let's first thank the listeners that bring the show to you, and those are our patrons. Patreon.com/slash/supertalk is how you become a member. Just check us out. Patreon.com/slash/supertalk. If you want to become a member of the patronship. Support the show directly. We really appreciate all the help out there from all of our listening audience. All right, let's jump into the review section. We had two new episodes this past week. One of the reasons why we're here, because we love the new content. Uh, let's start off with Gen V, episode five. Or, yeah, episode five. Um, this show keeps delivering, man. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I didn't see it coming. I, I know there's a lot of good twists and stuff, but I did not see... The twist coming. Kate. Kate. Kate as yeah. a... Uh, as a manipulative I knew she piece. was sketchy really? the whole time. I thought it was Andre, but whatever. Well, you know, the fact that Kate very quickly flipped from sleeping with Golden Boy to sleeping with Andre. And, you know, I was like, well, that was fast. Like yeah. she, you know, you know, changed teams really quickly. Um just kind of, she always kind of rubbed me, you know, just like something was going on with her. Yeah. Um, and let, let's tell people what we're talking about. So, uh, at the end of episode four, uh, Sam had confronted the psychologist who was doing experiments on him and the 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 team or the, the kids from the college show up to stop him. Uh, a little fight ensues. Um, uh, Cricket gets really huge, eats a big bowl of spaghetti and gets super huge and stops him. And then the episode ended with, with um, Mary, Marie, um, in bed with um, Jordan, Jordan, and she didn't really realize how she got there. Like she's blacked out, and all of a sudden she's in bed with Jordan. And, and they're at some huge party. They're at some, a rager. Yeah, yeah, they were at some rager, and they don't remember where they are, how they got there. And Marie thought it was like her, like some, yeah. something's wrong with me. What's going on? I don't remember anything. Right. And then she went as talking to the other uh, kids. They all realized they didn't know how they got there. And how long they had been there. And they just chalked it up to, hey, man, we, we must have had like a massive party yeah. last night. And we, they're starting to look at their phones and they're seeing video of them partying and having a good time. But their memory is wiped. And then they start to realize that, well, wait a minute. It, it's Saturday and I have day, I like days two days missing. missing. Yeah. yeah, there's like days missing. Like somebody wiped us. And they think it's this kid, Rufus, who Marie had an encounter with before. The one whose dick she blew up. The Yeah, the dick explosion kid. Uh, who apparently is fine. I don't know how he's fine, but he's still walking around <laughs> and they're trying to find him and confront him. And he's like trying to tell them, Hey man, it's not me. My, uh, my powers only work for three hours and I can't wipe days and memories. That's not, you know, that's not my, my doing. So it, it was definitely pointing towards somebody with a little bit. more. Well, powers. and at one point in time, they're all kind of at this house where this party was. And at one point in time, uh, <laughs> uh Emma's still one of the best people on this show. They find her passed out in the pool 
in in giant size. giant form, giant yeah. size. She's like lying in the pool and her as her big self, and uh, but Emma and Marie are talking and they, they they're trying to realize. Well, we don't have, know how we got here. And we're missing some time. What's going on? You know, and and then Emma sees pictures on her phone of her like chugging kegs yeah. as a giant person. It was it was hysterical. Um, but Sam shows up. And it's like Emma, I've been looking for you. I couldn't find you. Where they are you? I don't remember who he and, is. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like who the hell are you? You're dangerous. You know, and we're, get away from us. And and they don't they don't recognize him. Yeah. And that was like strange to him. He's like, what's going on? Then here? he realized what was going on, and yeah. he knows what's going on. So they they must have done it to you. They 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 did it to you too. You know, and and he runs runs off. They made Luke forget me. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. They made Luke forget me. That's right. What what he said. Yeah. Um. And then, so they all, to your point, they all were blaming this kid Rufus because, you know, of what happened to Marie. Well, it must be Rufus. He He's wiping our memories. We're going to, and Andre's pissed. And he's like, I'm going to go get this MF. Yeah. Right. And he goes, confronts him and throws him up against the wall with his magnet, mag- magnetism powers. And then Rufus makes him black out and he like wakes up in his room. He's like, damn it. You know, like, you know, it yeah. happened to me again, you know, um, so that you know that kind of led them to believe that he was behind all of this. Yeah. Um, well, Marie, like, all of a sudden, her she can feel something in her neck, and she uses her powers to pull this thing that's a tracker she can feel yeah. that's in her like her neck, and she pulls it. It's a tracking device, and she finds it in her neck. Tells Jordan about it. Jordan has one in her neck. She pulls Jordan's out as well. She has one in her neck. So all the kids had had plant pl- tracking devices planted into their necks without their knowledge. And they're like, all right, now this is messed up. Something's yeah. going on here. Right. They were pretty pissed. And they're like, we're going to go c- confront Rufus and get to the bottom of this. And eventually they kind of figured out that, wait a minute, Rufus couldn't have done this. Yeah. He was telling people and his, I guess his roommate um, was confirming it. And then, He's like, I was here all night. I wasn't near you right. guys. I have to be in your proximity to do this yeah. to you. I, I was nowhere near any of you. Right. And the video proved that he wasn't yeah. near there. And and so they're like, okay, what's going on? So M- Marie goes to Kate and confides in her. And and Kate goes, uh, do I have one in my neck? And as she tries to feel around for it, she touches her. And the next thing you know, she blacks out. Marie does. Yeah. Right. And uh, so that's when we know Kate is... Yeah, and and eventually at the end of the episode, we kind of you know they they all confront her and, and realize that it's her that did this, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I had no choice," yeah. and that's kind of how the episode ended. But well, she 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 touches Andre and she gives Andre back all of his memories, and he's like, "You're a fucking monster," you know. And right. I think that was the episode called "Welcome to the Monster Club." So really good, great writing, and we've said this before: great writing can you can overlook. Uh, a lot of things with some really good writing and storytelling, and this show keeps delivering the plot. Yeah, uh, the storyline. Um, it's compelling. You know, the, there's something new every episode that kind of gets our attention. Something um, that that draws us in and kind of keeps us interested. Um, you know, you and I have talked a lot about you know our fear of the Marvels movie that's coming out very shortly in a, in a few weeks. Um, is that they're you know, teaming up this group of B-list female characters and they're making this team together. Hoping well, that was that, generous. That yeah. was generous. B-list. Yeah. That was generous. Hoping that, that we're going to like the movie. And, you know, I think there's uh, there's a, a, 
significant interest, and I'm not sure if this is a Disney thing or an industry thing, of we need to empower female characters and show that, that we have female superheroes too. And we were just talking about it before we started the show tonight. I'm like, well, Gen V has several female characters that we knew nothing about before yeah. the show started. They're in lead roles. And they're in lead roles. And we like them. And yeah. we enjoy watching them. And they're compelling to us. So write good characters that we care about. Get us interested in them. And we'll watch them. You know, don't shove characters that we have no interest in down our throats yeah. hoping that we'll like them, right? Well, that's exactly what Marvel's done with the Marvels. Uh, and I'm... I'm really fearful of that movie, and, and we can get well, into it a little it, bit later. Save it, because we've got a topic about yeah, that. So. I definitely want to <laughs> yeah. jump on that a little bit. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into the other review. So uh, Loki had uh, season two of, uh, episode two of season two came out this past week as well. Um, and, you know, you had expressed some fears last week about, you know, the confusing, confusing nature of the show and how there's all this time jumping and different periods and and stuff that's going on. And, and this episode did not quell those fears it actually Absolutely extended not. them yeah. to some extent but i think what we did get was at least some idea of what loki and mobius are trying to do to kind of figure things out like yeah. they're confused as well i mean you can tell um so they're trying to find sylvie they realize at the end of episode one we got to find sylvie we have a feeling that either she's involved in this or she's at risk or you know we need her help and the only lead they had was uh, Hunter X5, who is General Vox's kind of weird relationship guy from episode one, um, they they noticed that his tracker or his time pad had gone offline in 1977 on the Sacred Timeline Yeah, in London. So Mobius and Loki go to London in 1977 to try to find him and come to find out he's living another life. Yeah. He's created a new life of a, for himself as an actor, Brad Wolf, starring in the premiere of a, his movies premiering in London that night. Um, and, you know, he Zaniac and, and they find him there and they're like, uh, yeah, it's time for you to come back. And he's uh, he's like, no, 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 come on. This is like my, my time to shine. I got to like, right. you know, I, I this is I, let, let me kind of live this out. And then they end up, you know, having this chase and Loki uses his powers a few times to kind of, you know, take advantage of him and and and. That was cool. We got to see some of Loki's powers back. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's, we keep forgetting that when he's in the TVA, he doesn't have access to those powers. But when he's back on Earth, you know, he does have access to right. those powers. Um, and we, sh you know, he really, we got a good demonstration of how powerful he is and what he can do. Um, and, you know, people forget, you know, he's a, he's a Norse god. You know, he's been granted these abilities and um, he was able to, to kind of get him pretty quickly. Well, they bring him back to the TVA and interrogate him. And the whole interrogation room situation with Loki and Mobius and him, I thought was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, they play good cop, bad cop. Cause you know, he, I, as Hunter X five, he knows the interrogation techniques. He knows. I like that character too. He is a too. smart ass and brazen. And I, I think he's a great actor. I mean that, the, that chemistry yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And he, but he, you know, calls out Loki, he calls out Mobius. Uh, you know, they're having some, he, and he's basically like, I'm not telling you guys anything. You're not going to get anything out of me. Well, Loki finds the way to use the interrogation machine, which is a brilliant invention. You know, they, they create these cubes that you can like lock somebody in and then keep shrinking it. Um, and eventually he, he comes clean and he, he lets them know, look, you know, general Vox is going to be purging all the rogue timelines. And, um, 
uh, I have an idea of, of where uh, that's Sylvia exactly is. why she uh, he was on the sacred timeline because he knew that one wasn't going to be purged. correct. He wanted correct. to stay safe and stay away from everything. Right. Uh, but he knows where Sylvie is and he says he can take him to her. Um, and then they, they do end up finding Sylvie in Oklahoma, as we saw at the end of the post credit scene of episode one. She's in Oklahoma in like 1982, I believe, in Oklahoma, working at a McDonald's. Um, and she loves it there and she doesn't want to leave. She's like very happy. It's a very simple life and she doesn't want to have anything to do with Loki or Mobius. They kind of tell her what's going on. And she's like, look, I don't want to have anything to do with this. this is your problem. And they're like, look, you're going to get purged. You, 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 you know? could be in, in danger here. She enchants uh, X5 or, or Brad yeah. and uh, learns what's going on and decides to come and help. Yeah, and, and they end up going um, and confronting General Vox, who is hiding out in some weird splinter timeline, uh, using it as a base of operations, and they're jumping to the uh, to the rogue timelines from there. There's a bunch of hunters all jumping back and forth, you see in the scene, and they're with the bombs, they're purging all these rogue timelines, and Loki and... Uh, uh, Sylvia are able to stop it uh, before they finish the job. Yeah. So there's, we see though that all the rogue timelines on the the TV screen that's in the TVA, most of them are gone. Most of them are gone, with without with a small exception of a handful mm -hmm. that are left behind. Um, uh, the other big plot of this is uh, Obi is trying to fix the loom. If we remember from episode one, that there's so many of these rogue timelines now that the loom is having a hard time collapsing them into one sacred timeline right. and managing them. Um, and, you know, Loki convinced him, well, maybe we can find a way for you to kind of support these rogue timelines as well. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just have to retrofit the loom to kind of manage it. I, I think I can figure it out. So he thinks he's figured it out, but he goes into the loom room and realizes that he doesn't have authority to do the reset or to change things. The only There's only two people who have that authority. Miss Minutes, who's been missing. Yeah. We don't know where she is. Yeah. She's gone. Well, and we're getting the clue. I, I think the illusion... They've alluded to the fact that Miss Minutes is an AI system that was built by um, He Who Remains. He Who Remains, yeah, and, and worked she, for him. And she uh, left with Ravona Redenslayer and has right. been helping her hide on some of these rogue timelines mm -hmm. from the TVA. So she's gone. Um, so that you know the the whole staff of the TVA has been doing everything manually because Miss Minutes isn't there to run things anymore. Um, or uh, you have to have the temporal aura. Of he who remains, right. and without he who remains, he can't you know open the the blast doors won't open anymore, right. and he can't get out there. Um, so they have a problem, and they got to figure out a way. And I think the trailers have given us an indication that we're going to see a version, the Victor Timely version of he who remains, come yeah. back and help them out. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Loki as a whole? So I I have a lot of theories about what's going on here, and I mentioned this to you over the weekend. I think this entire season is a, uh, a, a a time cycle within the show. And kind of like if you think about um, Lost, for example, is that there were things that would happen in the show that in later episodes, people would go back in time to make those things happen that happened episodes earlier, mm -hmm. right? And so I do believe we've seen a number of instances already in the first two episodes of things that have occurred that have occurred because of some outside influence that we don't know where that outside influence came from. And I believe it's the people in the show now that in the future will realize they have to go back in the past to fix things or that they mess up. And that's the influence. Like 
Loki being purged in episode one, I believe Loki purged himself, realizing in like three or four episodes, he's going to have to go back in time to the TVA to purge himself so that he can, you know, be where he is today. Right. Um, So I think that's happening a lot. I also think, and you and I talked about this a little bit last week. I also think many of the characters in the show are other people, either past versions or future versions of themselves. Uh So I believe Hunter X five highly likely he's the child of Sylvie and Loki. Like he's Sylvie and Loki's child. And there's some allusions to this, like Brad Wolf. So in the comic books, uh, Loki's, Fenris Wolf is is Loki's child. The, oh. the actual, the big wolf that was in Ragnarok. Yeah. So the Fenris Wolf is Loki's child. And so to have a person named Brad Wolf kind of is an allusion to maybe that's his child. Nice. And we saw the weird relationship with him and General Vox. Yeah. I think General Vox is an older version of Sylvie. She's realized, you know, what's happened, what went wrong, and is trying to now fix things or correct things or or reset things so that she can live a normal life again because she doesn't want to be part of this anymore. So right. I think that's who that is. I think the kid that works at McDonald's is actually Mobius. Huh. I think um, in this episode, we got a good scene of, of Mobius and Loki in uh, the, the automat eating a, a piece of uh, key lime pie. And Loki's like, don't you want to know what your life was, where you came from, what your timeline was like, what your life was before you came here? And he goes, no, I don't. I enjoy my life now. I'm happy to be an analyst. I like working here. I like what I... And he said, if I met the person that brought me here, I'd shake his hand and thank him because I don't know where I came from, nor do I care. I think you know, I'm happy to be here. And I think he was pulled out of that timeline that rogue time or a rogue timeline working at McDonald's and brought to the TVA. And I do believe it's possible that will happen in a future episode that we'll see in a later episode. Loki will go back to that timeline and pull him out of that McDonald's and bring him to the TVA and sit him down on the desk, say, you're our new analyst, you know, wipe your memory, give you a new name and everything else. Um, so I think that's a lot of what's going on here. And, um, it, it, it is a very strange and confusing show, but I do think it's very cool. The ideas of they're using time. So they always told us that the TV sat and operated outside of time. It right. was like in its own time bubble. Right. Yet we've seen Loki traverse time within the TVA several times already, That's which supposed is strange. impossible. Yeah. Not supposed to happen. So um, I do think it's really uh, an interesting concept. And I, I hope that we're going to see, it will pay dividends going forward. But I think some of these theories have some credence. It's smart. And and I love the characters and that's, what's holding it together for me are the characters and the way the characters interact. Uh, And I think that's the the best part of the show. The fact that it's very complicated and it's, it it intertwines time and the space continuum and, and all those timelines and the sacred timeline and branches and pruning this and, I think it's very, very confusing, and I, I just hope they they kind of clean all that up um, by the end of this, and I think they will. Um, Look, we know this show has, theoretically, is going to have some broad-sweeping implications on future projects. We, ha- we know no. that the TVA is going to be featured in Deadpool 3. Yeah. We, we know, uh, you know, Owen Wilson is in that movie. We know that the TVAs and Miss Minutes are going to be playing a role yep. um, in that movie. So 
we know the TVA is not going anywhere. So what ends up happening at the end of the season to kind of lead us into that, right? And I believe that the, we will have some allusions to Deadpool 3 by the end of this. We have a feeling that the TVA will play a role in Kang's Don- Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars eventually and what's going on, you know, setting those things up. So that's what I'm very interested in seeing over the next several episodes is how is what's happening now going to feed into those future projects? Yeah, I mean, if Kang Dynasty happens at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we can get into that a little later. But any word on Jonathan Majors and his... Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like... Uh, um, from what we understand that the, I haven't seen or heard a thing. His, so he the last that happened back, um, I believe it was early September. Uh, he had a court date, was granted a, an extension or a continuance. And I think he's back later this month in court. However, um, I know that his legal team has very much said that they have enough evidence right now to get the charges dropped and have him exonerated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a broad sweeping kind of belief that he will be exonerated from these charges and that it was kind of a witch hunt on behalf of this person, you know, this girlfriend, ex-girlfriend of his, um, and that he will be exonerated, um, which I think is a, is a good thing. Um, but yeah, nothing, no big news has come out yet, but I, I think Marvel's played it smart. I mean, they've been really quiet about it, kind of letting it play out in the courts and not really doing or saying much, you know, they kind of distance themselves at least initially from it when it first happened. But now that more evidence has come out, I think they're, they're comfortable with Jonathan majors and, and keeping them around. So, I mean, who knows, but yeah, we'll see. Well, they thought quantum manium was going to be a huge hit with uh, centered around Kang and um, you know, that didn't turn out. So I hope they have big plans. I hope they know what they're doing. So we'll see. Which we'll talk about in our topic of the week. Um, all right, let's get in the news section. A, a, a couple of things I, I did want to talk about this week. Um, we did get a new trailer for Marvels. For the Marvels, uh, you know, Mar- Marvel Studios is ramping up the, the marketing behind this movie. Um, the pre-sales have been lackluster. I think you have to some, say some, some, to say the least. You've got some initial statistics around the pre-sales. Yeah. Um, they're lagging behind significantly from other. Marvel properties in regards to uh, ticket sales, uh, you know, advanced sales of, of tickets for the movie. Yeah. Um, the box office, I guess, opening weekend projections for this movie are not good. No, um, they are uh, fifty million dollars. Trending pretty on the pretty on much on the low side, very low, uh, and that does use some of that pre-sale data along with some you know historical Marvel movie-based stuff and timelines, you know, time of the year and what else is going on. But um, look. This movie's been set up for success. A lot of the other movies that were are going to be released around this movie have left and and delayed to to, to future times. Like Dune, for example, is one of the big ones that kind of got out got out early. Um, so they're not going to have any competition in the theaters. But you know the pre sales indicators are not good for this movie. Unless unless a lot of people are going to make a game time decision, like I am. I mean, yeah, uh, well, we're going to see it because we want to review it, it for our show. Of, of but, course, we're we're definitely going to. see But are we going to rush to see it at seven o'clock on Thursday night? Eh, probably not. That was the only showtime that I looked. I looked at every showtime for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I looked at every showtime in two theaters. Uh, just to see, to take a kind of a gauge on how, what ticket sales were going to be like in our local area. And they were not good. Thursday night at 7, uh, there was probably the most tickets, but plenty of seats available. The so rest like of half, it... Halfway sold or something like not that? Not even halfway yeah. sold. Mm-hmm. There were maybe 20 seats 
that were sold, wow. maybe. And, and there were plenty of seats left for that show. And that was the most. Uh, a handful. Six, two, one. No, t- no, uh, no ticket sales whatsoever at a lot of the times. Saturday, the matinees were completely wide open. And I'll tell you this. Guardians 3, um, the, the, the show that I looked at for Guardians 3 was so full I couldn't get a good seat we we had to like actually move the time that we saw that movie because the time that we wanted to go was completely sold not sold out but there were really shitty seats left right um but not this movie so that that always gives you a, a kind of a pit in your stomach like uh well and, and we good. know and and again I I, I I don't want them to use this as an excuse even though they will but we know the writer the the actor strike is still ongoing. Highly likely that they may not even have a red carpet premiere for this movie if the actors are still on strike. Um, and there's no reason. But does to. that really boost ticket sales? No, it doesn't. No, it, just, it doesn't. It's, just, it's a it's free promotion. It's basically it, it, what it is, is free promotion, and and I get that. And there's a lot to say towards that, but. Really? Is that what's going to kill this no, no, movie? No. Come I, on. Again, it's an excuse at that. Yeah, point is in time. it a big excuse? But you know the fact that that you know again you know Brie Larson and you know Tiana Paris and are not going out on and being going on Jimmy Kimmel or, or, you know, or whatever to kind of promote their movie. You know, that does have an impact. Is it going to, is it the reason why this movie is not going to do well? No, no. Um, but one thing I did want to mention, a, a new trailer did just come out here yesterday. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you, you caught this in the trailer at the end of the trailer. One of the girls, I, I'm not really sure which one it is, but one of the girls says, I called a friend and you see what looks like the Bifrost, the Bifrost mm-hmm. being projected into a ship, and the trailer cuts out right when it would show us the person that Bifrosted into the ship. Interesting. So uh, it seems like a resident of Asgard um, may be making an appearance in this movie. We don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, oh, we know who has the ability to create the Bifrost. But, of course. Um, That'll be interesting. That'll be very interesting. Asgard is no more, though, right? Right. Well, new Asgard is. New Asgard, okay. Right, yeah, so... Uh, anyway, so that's where you're on, Ms. Marvel. Um, recently, uh, Marvel... So every um, time that Marvel is going to be releasing properties, whether it's uh, movies or television shows, they have to um, apply for copyrights. And these copyrights uh, protect them against potential infringement and... Um, you know, people using the names of these projects and other materials without their knowledge or consent and all these other things. Um, so these copyright um, applications were made public here recently, and we did get some indications uh, of release dates. And that's kind of what happens when they apply for these copyrights. And interestingly enough, uh, and these were some of the rumors we had heard earlier, No, again, no official announcements from Marvel, but uh, it looks like X-Men 97 will be released to Disney Plus um, in the uh, right January 3rd, I believe it is, of 2024, uh, right after the new year. And that uh, Echo is planned to be released uh, on Disney Plus. I believe it's the 24th or something like that. So uh, like three weeks later, um, which is good news. I mean, the fact that we're you know continuing to get content. You and I have talked about this. Look, the, the projects that were in the can, like Echo, uh, the animated-based projects that don't require you know, continuous act, uh, reshoots and access to the actors to get out, uh, you know, out, out like X-Men 97, what if season two and others, I think we're going to get those. Um, uh, one other thing that we talked about this past weekend as well, if, if you guys haven't seen this, um, Marvel is releasing werewolf by night, uh, 
um, back to Disney Plus uh, October 20th, I Uh think it is, in full color. So the original Werewolf by Night special presentation last year was in black and white. I thought it was only partially colored. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, a, yeah, very subtle coloring in certain areas Uh like the the bloodstone was red and things like that. Right. Uh, But now they are releasing a full color version of that um, and bringing it back out for Halloween. Brilliant. I mean, I'll watch it again. Yeah. Uh, I'll watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I thought that was a very good project, you know, special presentation. I thought it was great. So bring it back. Um, But anyway, so, Glad to see that we're going to still be getting some content on Disney Plus, even though the uh, the the movie engine may be on pause right now with the actor strike. And and from what you told me a couple days ago, it doesn't look like any real momentum is being made in the negotiation side with the actors. Correct? Yeah, I think I think the studio walked away from the negotiation tables again. Um, I I I think they're at some pretty big impasses, uh, and the studios this time aren't really willing to give uh as much as they did for the writers which is kind of normal i would say um at this point in time what why kind of bend and fold as a studio at this point um when when really nothing's going on i mean it, it's still lagging behind all the writers um um you know trying to get back to work try to get back into the writer's room try to conform to the new rules that they've set up in their new contract so um, but yeah, the actors, uh, man, you got to pay them. You, you definitely got to pay them. And I think another big sticking point is, uh, AI. I, I think, uh, AI is, is a huge sticking point for the actors and the studios. Um, so that'll be interesting. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what, or if comes out of the, uh, the strike negotiations. I mean, I mean, look, everything's on hold right now. I mean, until it's over. We're really, I think everybody, you know, all the network shows are on pause. Everything's on pause. I think once the writers came back to work, um, all the late night shows came back because uh, the, you know, the hosts are not officially actors; they're they're hosts, right? right? And uh, the, but the, they couldn't do it without the writers, obviously. And so now they're back. But uh, you know, all the network television shows. I think there were a couple uh, network shows that had some uh, episodes filmed previous prior to the strike that they're now releasing. But, but a lot of the, the big ones are not coming back until this strikes over. Right. So um, here's some really good news though. One thing that we've been looking forward to a lot. Uh, we know that uh, invincible season two is coming to Amazon prime the first week in November. We got a full trailer for season two yeah, uh, that's pretty a sick. couple days ago. And uh, I did not know they were going to lean so heavily on the multiverse, like their version of the multiverse and, and different dimensions. Um, you got a little bit of that in the trailer. Oh yeah. yeah well, the one guy who has access to multiple dimensions. Yeah. Else was that, saying that. Talking and then, to the, who are the two twins? The, the, I can't uh, remember their names. The brothers. Yeah. yeah the, the blue guys who, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's talking to them. Uh, but we see invincible uh, kind of dealing with the aftermath of Omni-Man attacking him and then, you know, leaving. Um, and, you know, he's kind of coming to grips with, you know, wanting to get back out there and be a hero again and, and help people again. Um, you know, he's pleading with um, what's the name of the guy who runs the 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 like the CIA type of Charles. No, no it's uh, I know the, yeah, the bald I'll, I'll old guy. It. Yeah. Um, Walter Goggins does his voice. Um, uh, uh, Rufus, is it Ruf- I is it, It's something like that. Um but he's pleading with him. He's like, hey, you got to let me get back out there. Let me get back out there. But then at one point in time, you see Invincible on uh, like a big screen in like Times Square and saying, you know, 
you know, people of earth, if you don't comply, you know, we'll make you comply, you know? And, and, and it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like him. And, and to your point, it may be a, an alternate, an alternate you know, version yeah. of him right. from somewhere else, right. That they right. pulled in from a, from a different dimension. So, uh, look, we can't wait. The show, yeah. the first season was fantastic. Um, you know, and even the, the Adam Eve special they came out with a couple of months ago was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Got a little idea behind her kind of history and backstory. I'm looking forward to this coming back. It's going to be great. November 5th. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to it too. Yeah. That's going to be a great week for us. We're going to have three episodes of content to review Loki, Gen V and, and invincible. It's going to be a really good. Awesome. Week. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into our uh, topic of the week brought to us by our friends over at studio G G G G G studio studio G home of the man band corn on the cob. Thanks for your help with everything you do for us. Studio G appreciate you supporting the show. Uh, so we wanted to talk about the massive shakeup going on over at Marvel Studios right now. Um, they've made some announcements here recently that are shocking, surprising, um, but but in some ways refreshing, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and uh, we got some like insights to what's going on over there uh, that I did want to allude to. Look, the, the fact of the matter is um, you and I and everybody are aware that the recent content that we've been getting from Marvel is not up to the standards that we as consumers have come to expect. Yeah. I'll say everything, not everything, most everything that we got in phase one, two, and three for Marvel, all the way up to Avengers Endgame. Well, I guess officially, uh, far Spider-Man far from home is still part of phase three. Um, I think all of that was, Incredibly well-received, incredibly well-done, um, things we were very excited for, even the projects that weren't great um, were still good. I mean, you know, they yeah. were, you know, I mean, we... They still moved the narrative forward and the storylines forward. And, and some of them did well in the box office, sure too. Did. I mean, yeah. even, even if they weren't, you know, highly popular. Um, but ever since Phase 4, and look, I, I, I will caveat this with a couple of things. Look, we know... The COVID-19 pandemic had a massive effect on this entire industry, not just Marvel, but the movie industry, the television industry in general was uh, affected by this. I mean, everybody, the whole world was affected by the pandemic and um, the impacts of that were definitely felt in this industry. And we can draw some conclusions to some of the things that were brought out during that time period by Marvel there were projects that were filmed or made prior to the pandemic that were delayed in being released because of the pandemic. There were projects that were filmed during the pandemic that were delayed in production and they had massive rewrites and some scheduling conflicts and all kinds of other things. We know that had an impact. Um, and so I don't want to discount that. We There's absolutely some truth to that. That being said... I mean, the whole story of Falcon and Winter Soldier had to be changed because it dealt with a pathogen or a a virus that was released and they had to switch all that up. A global pandemic. Yeah. It was a global pandemic. Yeah. And they basically During the like, pandemic. And they were like, yeah, this is not going to fly with yeah. our audience. And so they had to do some massive rewrites Maybe there. they should have, though. Looking back on that in retrospect, you know, maybe they shouldn't have been so PC and just thrown caution to the wind and, and not be so afraid to, to release something that they felt was In a, hindsight, a that might have been a good move, right? right. I mean, um, but no, at the time, nobody knew what, I mean, the the COVID-19 pandemic at the time could have proved to be cataclysmic. Yep. It could have proved to be, 
you know, the the worst thing since the bubonic plague or the, you know, the black plague or, you know, whatever. It could have been really, it was bad, but it ended up tapering off over time. Well, based on the information that was given to us and based on some uh, false facts and based on some, uh, you know, questionable science that was being thrown at, at the, the public. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it, it could was have been, yeah. yeah, it was doomsday. This is it. This is going to end the world. Lock yourselves inside, wear a mask, you know, bubble wrap your whole face. Uh, yeah. c- come on. So anyway, now we know a little bit better and, and moving yeah, forward. Yeah, but I think at the time they made the decisions with the information they had. They yeah. were just being cautious. Of but, course. But, you know, even in, in retrospect, if I look at that series, uh, that's a good example of one. Um, love the actors. Love the chemistry between them. The story struggled because of the rewrites. Yes. There were some misses, but... The villain was not compelling. Right. But the production value was great. Yes. The the, the acting was very good. Yeah. You know, uh, I agree. The plot struggled. But I enjoyed watching it. I mean, I did. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Um, that being said, there were there have been some big misses, some massive misses by Marvel here in Phase 4 and Phase 5. And they know this. Um, so much so that they're very open about this internally and they're... They know there's a problem, and they are doing everything they can right now to fix it. And a lot of this information came from uh, – there's a new book that's uh, coming out here shortly called The Reign of the MCU, and it's uh, being written by an author, Joanna Robinson. And she just recently went on uh, a podcast called The Watch. And if you haven't listened to this episode, you should. It's yeah. very compelling. Mm-hmm. So go to, go uh, listen to The Watch podcast uh, with uh, the episode with Joanna Robinson. Um, so she's writing this book, and she's got – obviously some inside access at Marvel. And she basically came out and said, Marvel's aware there's a problem. They're doing everything they can to fix it. And they're doing midstream course corrections right now to get back on track with what we as the consuming audience. And I, you and I've talked about this titanium. There's the diehards like you and me who love this stuff. And even the bad stuff, we're going to go see it because we love this stuff and, and whatever. And then there's the, kind of like our wives and our extended families that kind of get it from us and they're going to go with us and, you know, and then there's the, Oh, the people out there that know nothing about us and we're trying to draw them in. Right. And I think Marvel has recently been focusing way too much on the audience that they don't have, that they're forgetting the audience that they do have. And they're not catering their content to that audience, even though it was extremely successful doing that early on in their, their, their movies, right? Yeah. Uh, forgetting their fan base and going after a very small percentage uh, of fans that, yes, are important, but will not drive ticket numbers or, or profits. They, they just won't. They're, they're, they're fringe comic book fanatics. Uh, and then there's a, a, another group that, that's more of what I call the novice. And for for people that are comic book fanatics, and and Marvel Comics itself went down this route by trying to diversify and change a lot of the stories and change characters and gender swap and do this and that. That's fine. Write good characters, female characters, all about them. But write good female characters. Don't take Captain America and turn him into a a a a, a woman. Write a strong female Captain America like 
character and, and do it that way instead of trying to gender. And I, and I think a lot of the, the comics, Marvel comics did that and that the sales of comics plummeted. And, and I think that now the MCU has gotten into that where they've lost track of who their target audience is. If you want these movies to be successful, and we've talked about this, cater to the, the comic book fans, the diehard fans, and have some appeal to the novice. Don't go after these niche groups of people that you're trying to pull in because they're not the majority of the people that are going to... They're not what made Avengers. They're not what made uh, uh, Infinity War or, 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 or Endgame big, huge blockbusters. It was the novice fans while catering to the comic book fanatics like, like ourselves. So get back on track with that, and that's how you fix the MCU. Get back to great story writing. Focus on A-level characters, not C or D-level characters that no one asks you to write a movie about. You, you have this inside agenda that you feel like, you know, Bumblebee Blue is a great character and should have a starring role in a mega movie. No one's asking for a Bumblebee Blue movie. Get back to your core core value, core characters and expand on those. And there's plenty of them. I know you went through Iron Man, you went through Captain America, you, you, you went through all these other characters that have died off or you've moved on from, but there are still plenty of core characters that you can focus on. Well, you know, there, I think Disney Plus has proven to be a very difficult thing for them to navigate. And, and, and it's hard to quantify, um, Look, with movies we've had, we have box office totals, which we'll talk about here shortly. But with Disney Plus shows, it's hard to quantify the impact they have, whether it's new subscribers or number of watches and all those other things. Um, I don't know how they quantify the return on investment there, but we know as an audience, there were some some big hits. You mm-hmm. know, Loki season one, huge hit. WandaVision was a huge hit. Yeah. Um, we know there were some big hits, but there have been a Huge number of flops. Uh, the re- most recent shows. one, Secret Invasion, massive flop. Yeah. And Marvel was just taken aback by how bad it was received and how how badly it was panned by the the you know the viewing audience and the critics alike. Um, she Hulk, massive failure. While there were a couple of episodes that were interesting, the whole series was just a massive failure. Yeah. Ms. Um, Marvel. While Marvel claims how well that series has done, uh, you and I both know it did not do well domestically. They farmed it out to all these overseas audiences to kind of make their money back. They put it on ABC television to make their money back, and they're claiming it how well it's been received. They are literally shoving it down the throats of the worldwide audience. They didn't do that with all their other projects, but they did it with that one because they wanted to make sure everybody saw it. Yeah. Um, But we know there were some massive misses. Um, and they realize that they need to fix the way that they're doing these Disney plus shows. One of the huge announcements that came out here recently was daredevil born again, which we know is come was supposed to come out next year, um, has been completely shelved and is going to start over from scratch. Kudos, kudos, Feige. Yeah. So that series had already started filming before the writer strike and the actor strike. And they had filmed roughly eight to ten hours of content for that for that series. Now, this was supposed to be an 18 episode, you know, two different you know, sections of this series. 
18 episodes. They filmed about eight to 10 episodes already. Yeah. And they scrapped it all. Yeah. They said it's terrible. So Kevin Feige during the strikes went back and said, I want to see what you come up, what you've come up. I want to see all the footage that you filmed for this. He watched it all and said, no, yeah. it, Get rid of it all. It's terrible. The story, the writing. Apparently, rumor has it is that Daredevil, Charlie Cox, didn't even show up in costume till the fourth episode, which means you had a legal drama or some kind of story. Well, let's get let's get into why. And and here's the again, this has been reported. Um we know that the original Daredevil series had two really big supporting characters. That's the series that was on Netflix, yeah. uh, Karen Page and Foggy Nelson. Mm-hmm. Foggy Nelson's his legal partner, his best friend. Karen Page is their kind of their legal aide, and she's a big, big character uh, in, in Daredevil comic books as well. Um, one or both of them was killed off early in this new Daredevil Born Again season, which caused him to give up the suit. Mm-hmm. And he said, I can't keep putting my people I love in danger, so I can't keep going out as Daredevil. And he gave up the suit and spent the first four episodes, to Tony's point, as Matt Murdock, the lawyer. And Kevin Feige saw this and said, this is supposed to be Daredevil born again. You know, it can't take four episodes for him to put the suit back on. Yeah, crazy. Um, And the born again, they took the born again too literally of, Hey, we're going to knock him down and we're going to have to build him back up from scratch and give him a reason of why he needs to put the suit back on. So anyway, Feige scrapped it, said it's done. Great. We're starting over. Great. And, and I, I believe the writer strike had a big part of this is that the writers who wrote that script for that, for that show, um, they went on strike and he's like, well, I don't like this. Let's just get new people in here. Yeah. You know, we got a reset button. Let's just hit it and yeah. done. Um, imagine the amount of money they, 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 they lost just hitting the reset button. But you know what? To your point, credit to Kevin Feige, recognizing it's not what we want as an audience. It's not the quality that Marvel's known for. We're going to redo it. You had a great idea this, this weekend, Tony. You said, why don't they just hire the writers who wrote the original Netflix shows? They were great. The three seasons that we got on Netflix were fantastic. Yeah, I think I'm, we, we were going back and forth with somebody on uh, X about that, and it would be too easy. It would be too, it would make too it would much make sense. too much sense. Too much sense. So, but I mean, I think that, so. That was one project. We also got um, this. Uh, Joanna Robinson uh, did allude to the fact that there were two other projects: uh, Vision Quest, which we knew. Was it was softly announced? It was kind of projected as a future project that we were going to get a, uh, a kind of a follow up project to WandaVision, letting us know what happened to the White Vision at the end of WandaVision, yeah. and kind of following where are we, we're going to kind of see maybe the formation of the West Coast Avengers, all that other stuff. That's been scrapped. Um, they have postponed or indefinitely, or have completely canceled it. Um, the Wonder Man series was had started filming prior to the strikes. They've indefinitely delayed that one as well, yeah. saying, "Yeah, we're not doing that right now." Yeah. Um, and what it comes down to is, I think that they've realized they need to change how they're making these episodic shows on Disney Plus. What they tried to do was take the tried and true, proven formula of making Marvel movies mm-hmm. and translate it to Marvel television products on Disney Plus. And so, for example. If Falcon and Winter Soldier or, or, or Loki season one was a six hour 
you know, venture, you know, well, we're just going to make three two-hour movies or we're just going to make a six-hour movie and chop it up into, into, into six pieces. Um, and that's what they did. They ran it like a movie set. They right. ran it like a movie. They had an entire script. They filmed it like a movie, and then they just chopped it up into different episodes. And they're like, that's not how you run a television show. You have a showrunner. You film a pilot, and then you film canned episodes one by one. And you might have a cliffhanger at the end of one episode, and then you start off in the next episode. Yeah. They're changing the way that they're doing Disney Plus episodes. And I think more power to them. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of these projects are either – delayed significantly or being redone and how they're doing and that, you know, I give credit to Kevin Feige and Marvel. They look, Kevin Feige was heavily involved in every movie that was being made by Marvel all the way up until Endgame. And then once phase four started, they had movie projects and Disney plus projects. He can't, he's one person. He can't be involved in everything. So he had to kind of give up some of that control and oversight to other people. Some of those people did not follow through with what he thought they, they could Right. And some of those people are no longer with Marvel. Yeah. What is it? Victoria Alonzo or whatever. Yeah, that, I, that w- I think she was a big influencer on the direction. Whenever she had that interview and she said, you know, I think X-Men is outdated. Even the, There were a lot of women in, in that group. Why are we calling them X-Men? That needs to be changed. I was like, what? <laughs> you, that's not the point. It's just, you're so out of touch. I, I, so out of touch. Let's get rid of the word X-Men because it has man in it, or men in it. That's insane. It, it, again, you're alienated this huge group of mega fans that, that the novice will log on, lop onto the mega fans. I just, ugh. Anyway. Um, so, I mean, look, look the, I want to go through some of this because I, I pulled some data before uh, the show this tonight. And I want to talk through this. And I there, this is the root I'll of the problem. I'll put it up on screen for the, for the YouTube viewers. So, this is the root of the problem. So, um, I've got the box office returns for every movie that Marvel's released uh, to the theaters. Um there are some outliers here, you know, you know, and what I'll say is I'm going to talk about return on investment, right? So we know the box office returns for, you know, we know that Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War are in the top five highest grossing movies of all time. I mean, there, and, and Spider-Man No Way Home is up there now too, right there. I think it's number six or five or six. It's, it's up there now too. I mean, there, these movies were highly successful in the box office. They did great. But I want to look at like the return on the investment. So what did it cost you to make the movie and what did the movie make? And then ultimately, you know, you have your ranking of return on investment, right? What What's the percentage of your ROI. money back, your mm-hmm. ROI, right? Mm-hmm. So, and there are, again, there are outliers. Some of the early movies Marvel made in the early stages of the MCU, right? Like The Incredible Hulk, the one with... Um, uh, the original one uh, with uh, Edward Norton. That's the lowest ROI that they've gotten of any project they ever come out with. That was a phase one movie, one of the first, and it was, again, a Universal Studios project that was, you know, made by Marvel Studios uh, in cooperation with Marvel Studios, but that was very early. It was the second movie that Marvel made. It was right after Iron Man 1, right? right. So 
understandably, they lost some money on that one, right? Um, and Edward Orton didn't come back. We know kind of what happened with that story. Captain America, the first Avenger. That is number 30, uh, you know, 28 on the list of 32 movies, right? So, right. you know, that's the first Captain America movie. The first Thor movie is 26. Iron Man 2 is number 24. So, again, these are very early projects. So, they're outliers, right? So, I don't want to, you know, talk too much about those. There are some successes in Phase 4, right? So, as we mentioned, Spider-Man No Way Home was released during the pandemic, right? It was released, you know, in December of 2021. It was a massive success yeah in spite of the pandemic right it was a massive success it made 1.9 billion dollars in the theaters worldwide 1.9 billion 814 million domestically so here in the u.s had a 260 million dollar opening weekend mm -hmm. that's just massive numbers and that just shows you the popularity of the spider-man uh character, character yeah. as well as the story mm -hmm. it was to this day Titanium, it's one of our favorite movies, yeah. right? It's fantastic. That's number one in ROI. It made 950% of its budget. So it cost $200 million to make that movie, and it made $1.9 So did pretty well. So and that's a Phase 4 movie that did well. Another Phase... Marvel's, I believe the projection of Marvel's is $250 million to make. Ooh, that's going to be a tough, tough not to crack. Yeah, and again, we got we have to take these numbers um and have some relativity to these numbers too, right? Uh we have had things like inflation, right? So the yeah. cost of making movies has gone up. Sure. The cost, you know, of production has gone up. So what it costs to make a movie back in 2010 is very different than what it costs to make a movie in 2023. Correct. Right. So there, there are, we have to be subjective about this a little bit. There are factors involved, right? Not responsible for um, any numbers that are out of whack. The only other phase four movie phase four or phase five movie that's in the top 21 movies in ROI is Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. That movie was a box office success while was Critically panned a little bit by yeah. both, you know, the core audience and some of the critics, right? Didn't do very well critically, but it was a 478% return. It cost $200 million to make and made $955 million worldwide. Yeah. Did pretty well, yeah. pretty successful. And I think a lot of that was the time of the year it came out. You know, we were kind of one, it was right after, yeah. it was right after. Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Really, it was, it was it was early the next year. We were like waiting for this movie to come out. So that was a Phase Four project. Every other Phase Four and Phase Five movie that's been released by Marvel, and I'll list them off here, are ranked between number twenty-two and number thirty-one in return on investment. So at number twenty-two is Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, three hundred forty-four percent ROI. Cost two hundred fifty million dollars to make, made eight hundred sixty million dollars in in worldwide box office. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, fantastic movie, great movie. We loved it. Did not do great in the in the theaters. It was a three hundred thirty eight percent return on investment, made eight hundred forty five million dollars worldwide, two hundred fifty million dollars to make. Thor: Love and Thunder, number twenty five, three hundred four percent return on investment. It made $760 million in the theaters, cost $250 million to make. And it only had, and by the way, Guardians of the Galaxy only had $118 million in its opening weekend. $118 million. That's pretty low, yeah. right? Um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Again, a movie that came out during the pandemic, right? So this was 
literally in the fall of 2021, right? So everybody was afraid to leave their homes, right? So excuses there. 288% return on investment. Number 27, $432 million worldwide. It cost $150 million to make. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, arguably one of the biggest disappointments, both by Marvel. Marvel thought Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was a home run. Yeah. They thought they had a home run with the movie, with the characters, with Kang the Conqueror as the main villain. Yeah. They thought they were going to hit it out of the park. 237% return on investment, number 29 out of 32. 29 out of 32. Yeah. It made $474 million worldwide, cost $200 million to make, made $106 million in its opening weekend. Mm. That is very, very low. The Eternals, again, another COVID pandemic yeah. re release, was made before the pandemic, was released during the pandemic. Uh, only 200% return on investment, number 30, $402 million, cost uh, $200 million to make. And then the worst, and likely the one impacted by the pandemic the most, uh, number 31 on your list of 32 released movies to the theater, Black Widow, 190% uh, return on investment, cost $200 million to make that movie, mm. $200 million, and it made $379 million in worldwide box office, $80 million opening weekend. Wow. So, and obviously they released that movie in theaters and on Disney Plus simultaneously, Premier Access, remember we had to buy it at home or we could go to the theaters to watch it. So that one had... I guess you could call a built-in excuse um, that they really, you know, kind of knew that they weren't going to get people into the theaters to go see that movie. But I mean, that's that just goes to show you every one of these projects. Again, two outliers with Spider-Man: No Way Home and and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But every other Phase Four and Phase Five project so far is in the bottom quarter of movies that Marvel has made yeah. ever. Every other movie up here that's, I mean, Endgame. Far From Home, Cap Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel, did very well in the worldwide box office, $1.128 billion. Mm -hmm. Pretty good, yeah, right? But again, that was during the heyday. If you remember, yeah. that movie came out between Infinity War and Endgame. And I still and, think it missed the mark, but yeah. Yeah, but it came out between two massive movies yeah. and you know had a great lead-in. You're like, well. oh, who was this character? It was in right. the end credit scene of Infinity War. Right. We got to find out, right? Um, original Avengers, Original Black Panther, Infinity War, Iron Man 3, Age of Ultron. These were home home runs yeah and they show home runs you know return on investment for all of those movies was over 500 percent wow it's just ridiculous yeah so you guys will see the numbers on the screen I, I did some research here but i mean the fact of the matter is there is a problem either we're not getting what marvel's trying to do or marvel's not getting what we want them to do right right and i think they figured out we got to fix the way we're doing things. We got to get back yeah. to our core. At least they're acknowledging that they moved in the wrong direction and they're trying to correct the, they're trying to redirect and correct the, the, the direction of the ship that they're, they're, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Oh, what's going on there? I don't know. We're good. All right. We're, we're good. Yeah. We're live. <laughs> Still cooking with gas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I think, you know, you and I have had these discussions before. I love all of the content that's being given to us and because I love these characters so much and I want to see them on my television Same. screen. I want to see them on my movie screen. But I get more disappointed by bad content than I would be by waiting for good content. Agree. Right? So as much as it pains me to think that we might only get two movies next year, which is highly likely based on what's going on with the strikes and Agreed. the schedule and shifts and everything else. we might Leave only it in the oven. Leave it in the oven. Let it cook longer. 
Leave it in the oven instead of this half-baked <clears throat> bullshit that no one's asking for. I think it's largely, we believe, that we'll get uh, Deadpool 3 and Captain America 4 next year, and that may be the only two movies we get from Marvel. But if if they're good, they're going to keep me satisfied. If you have less Disney Plus projects, but the projects you release are good, I'm fine with that. You and I have talked about this before, Titanium. Do a special presentation. You want to introduce us to Wonder Man? You want to intru- tell us what's going on with White Vision? Just do an hour, hour and a half long special presentation. Just give on it to Disney us. Plus. On yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah. I don't need a six episode or eight episode Disney Plus series to figure that out. Yeah. I, I don't. Right. You know, um, so just, I, I think they have a, a formula and a path to, to, for success. They just need to get back to it. Um, and I'm willing to wait. As much as I hate it, you know, uh, oh, man, we might go. I mean, heck, we're going to already go six months without a movie or even more. Who knows? Um, I'm willing to wait for the good stuff to come out. Like, we waited over a year between Infinity War and Endgame, and I couldn't wait to find out what happened. But it was worth it. Allegedly, the Marvels cost $250 million to make. If their opening weekend, based on pre-sales tickets, is projected at $50 million. Oh, my God. What what does that tell you? What's going on? Um, so that would be fifty million, and again, not adjusting for inflation. Fifty million dollar opening weekend would be the smallest domestic opening weekend in Marvel's history. Right now, the smallest opening weekend is that Incredible Hulk movie with with uh, Edward Ed Norton. Norton, and the second smallest was the original Ant Man at fifty seven point two million. So that if you're below at or below 50 million, so if you're below 55, you're you're not beating out a movie that came out in 2010, 2011. You know, I don't know these. They found out that the the vegetable uh, review uh, site uh, was the studios were paying critics uh, and sliding them cash to to kind of favorably talk about and give great scores to their projects shocking so i don't believe anything that's on there i mean miss marvel is the highest rated disney plus show on the the vegetable site and that's full of shit horseshit uh i i think they they paid a lot of people and they sent links to uh you know teeny boppers that were watching that show i love that actress don't get me wrong uh i i think she is adorable and a great actress i just don't think she's a lead in a in a giant blockbuster i think she's a a, a support support well look character. i mean and and again one of the illusions is that uh by the time we get to secret wars and again the way the schedule's mapping out now that's going to be 2028 2027 2028 before we get marvel secret wars it's it i mean gosh some of these actors they want to bring back for that are probably going to be using in their walkers. 80s yeah they're using walkers by then um well heck you know harrison ford who's going to be in the new captain america movie is 80 you yeah. know it's like christ um but you know by the time we get that movie they, they are saying that that is going to be the massive reset button for marvel i think the characters they want to retain, the actors they want to retain, they will. Like whoever they cast as a Fantastic Four isn't going anywhere. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you are, I think Ms. Marvel, Iman Vellani, is probably going to, she's young enough, she's probably going to stick around for a while. Um, I think Love she, to see her in Young Avengers. Yeah, but, I, like, I think Shang-Chi is going to stick around for a while. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I think he's, he's not going anywhere. So some of the newer actors that have been cast in some of these roles will probably stick around post-Secret Wars. But... All the old guard of the MCU, 
Um, all of the old, obviously Fox characters, the X-Men characters, they're, they're going to be gone. Um, and they'll be able to recast all of those roles, right? The Iron Man's, the Captain America's, the Secret Wars will just be yeah. able to recast it all. We can start over from scratch. I do believe that that might be the end of Tom Holland as Spider-Man as well. I think oh, that will be agreed. kind of his last Spider-Man projects uh, will be Secret Wars. They'll reboot the and, and they'll recast him yeah. as well, right? He's just too popular. You can't, you know, um, can't not do that. But I think that's the massive reset button they're looking for. Uh, very similar to what um, James Gunn's doing over at DC right now. They're just going to hit reset and just start over from scratch. Yeah. And I think they'll retain the actors and actresses that they want to retain, and then they'll just recast the Do rest. You and think use they'll Wars bag? Excuse. Do you think they'll bag Ironheart? Um, I think at this point in time, they're um, highly confused at how that fits into the larger picture, right? And mm-hmm. um, what that was supposed to come out this year originally. Um, we know it's not coming out next year now and may be delayed another year. I, I yeah. And I, I think that they believe that project does have a place in the larger picture because they wouldn't have made it to begin with. Um, I think they're trying to figure that out, but I mean, that one could, we, we know they filmed a significant amount of that show already. Already. It's almost done. Yeah. It's, it's completely done. Um, I think they're waiting for reshoots, reshoots for the actors to come back and do some reshoots. But like, you know, I, I don't know. And and maybe that's another one that Kevin like Feige Echo. looks at. Like Echo. Jeez. That, they filmed that for, forever, so forever ago. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right, Professor. Well, let's ring the bell. School's over. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. Super.